Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. From Crozet United Methodist Church. I'm Sarah, the pastor here, and this is our second week of doing worship in an alternative fashion. Normally, we like to have you here with us, but because we are trying to do our best practices around social distancing and isolation, we are doing it through this mode. We hope that you will find this to be a blessing to you as you continue to stay healthy and stay strong and safe. And as we begin this morning, we are striving always to go on to perfection in our worship as well as our spirituality. And so today we have an added musical piece that we didn't have last week. As Methodists, we like to sing our faith. And as Methodists, we also like to abide by all the laws and the precepts of our nation. And so we do want you to know that we have obtained permission and the copyright licensure in order to have this music. We look forward to sharing it with you and we hope that it blesses you this morning as we get started with our worship. We are going to be singing Hymn of Promise, Words and Music by Natalie Slee, arranged by Lloyd, Lloyd Larson, and performed with permission of Hope Publishing. In the bowl there is a flower in the seed and apple tree in cocoons a hidden promise butterflies will soon be free in the cold still and slow of winter there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season something god alone can see there's a song in every silence, seeking word and melody. There's a dawn in every darkness, bringing hope for you and me. From the past will come the future, what it holds a mystery. Unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. In our end is our beginning, in our time infinity, in our doubt there does believing in our life eternity. In our death, a resurrection at the last of victory.
Amen. Thank you so very much. That is a component to our worship that I cannot do, and I greatly appreciate Steve and Barb Geiger coming and blessing us with that this morning. I hope that you enjoy that as well. That's a great hymn, the hymn of promise that reminds us that out of darkness and out of death and disappointment, God can always transform and bring forth something beautiful and transformative. And we are hoping and praying for that this day. I have a couple of announcements I want to give you. The first is that our giving is definitely important for us who are part of the body of Christ. And so for those of us who need to be physically present to remember to give, I want to remind you that you can do that online on our website. You can mail in a check. You can have your bank cut a check, which is what I do. Whatever you need to do because the ministry still continues. And we are grateful to everyone who has remembered and has been a part of that. Thank you very much. It's very important for us to continue the work and not to have that set aside. So thank you. Also want to remind you that prayer is a vital part of the life of Christ. And for us, it's important that we continue to stay engaged and connected through this incredible means of grace. So you can find a link to our prayer team's sign up on there so that you can submit your prayers. You can private message us, direct message us, reply to the post that you see today. All of these things, we would love to be in prayer with you and for you. So encourage you to do that. The other thing is that last Thursday, I did do my Bible study kind of in a modified form online. You can find it if you didn't have a chance to do that on our, on our Facebook page. You can tune in this Thursday at 6 p.m. to see the next iteration of that. Hopefully you'll join us for that. Um, I do a little bit of drawing and, and a little bit of um, more fun stuff than I do right now. And so hopefully you can join us for that. It's a good time. And the other thing that I want to share with you is that a part of our worship ministry here at Crozet is our children. We have children's bulletins that we provide for the kids so that they can do some engagement and grow through some activities. We have our children's activities sheet that you can download a copy from the address that's in the text below. And then you can add that to your worship experience. And also if you're looking for something to have your children do, because I have a 10 year old at home and it's a long day. So hopefully this will be a blessing to you and we commend that to you and you are welcome to share that with other children if you have some that would be enriched by that. So encourage all of that to you. And as we are talking about children, one of the huge parts of our worship life here is children's time, uh, which is something that I am dearly missing. I'm going to be looking at how I can reach out to our kids in our preschool chapel this week and how we might have some opportunities to engage with our kids. But we have been traveling through Lent with our Lentosaurus Rex, our liturgically appropriate purple dinosaur, and every week he's had a different egg for us. And so this week, our egg says on it, Jesus brings new life, because our focus this week is about how we interact with other people, other life that God has given us. And so there's a little chick inside made out of yarn, and hopefully this will be part of it. It's always good to have a friend that you can focus on and that you can share your joys and your concerns and grow in love with. So we have these for you, and when you come back to worship, we are going to have a plethora of eggs for you. You're already two in, and so hopefully when our kids get to come back and join us, they'll be enriched by these. But the idea is that our faith isn't just for us. It's something that we share and that we bless other people with and that we allow other people to be part of God's blessing for us. And as we are moving towards Easter, it's really important for all of us, children of all ages, to remember that we're not in this alone, that God never meant for us to be alone. 
that not only does God come to us in new and incredible ways through Jesus Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, but God is definitely coming to us in other people. And when we feel so distant and apart from others, it's really important to remember that God is intending to bring us back together and that our separation is only for a time. So we look forward to that grand reunion and we, of course, look forward to having you back with us very soon. So I'm going to put Lentosaurus Rex back over here with his egg that he can hold on to. And we will get right to our scripture this morning. So we had set aside our Lenten worship series and we are going to be picking up that prayer piece. And in fact, I think we're going to be posting the prayer sheets that are part of the inserts in our bulletins and our worship packets on Sunday morning so that you can continue to grow in those. We had started that out and we don't want to miss our opportunity to deepen our prayer life and our understanding. And so we'll have those available to you later on this week. But we have set that, that aside and we are focusing on faith and isolation. What does it mean to be faithful people when we're not gathered together in worship on Sunday morning as we normally have been? Or what does it mean when we find ourselves kind of sequestered in our homes? And for some of us, that's even a room within a place. And as we are struggling with that, it's important to realize that the Bible is not a foreigner to this concept, that the Bible understands that there are times when we find ourselves limited in our contact. And so as we are going through that this morning, I'm going to invite you to hear these words from the letter to Flamen. This is the first letter, verses 10 through 20. I am appealing to you for my child Anismus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, that is my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back forever no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So you might be familiar with this letter and the servant Onesimus that Paul is talking about. Uh, but before we get too deep in that, I want to invite us to take a moment and wherever we are to stop and be in prayer. Will you join me? Almighty God, we hear your word once more. And as we prepare to hear you express not only in this ministry of the word, but in the movement of the Holy Spirit, we rejoice that you continually come to us, that you pour out your wisdom and your presence. You remind us that we are not alone nor forsaken, that we are very much beloved and forgiven. May we find new hope and find rejuvenation in this time with you. And we look forward to the time when we will gather once more in your house and worship together. Until then, Almighty God, uphold us and sustain us and empower us to emerge from this time transformed into a people who reveal more gratitude, more hope, and even more faith in you. 
May it be so, Almighty God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So our scripture this morning is from the Apostle Paul, and he was no stranger to being sequestered and isolated and, and frankly quarantined, although his was in prison. He was often imprisoned because of his willingness to go out and preach the gospel and plant new church and faith communities. And as he did this, he angered people. It's hard to believe that a church would anger anybody, but it certainly did back then and occasionally still today. And one of the problems for Paul was that he was not going to apologize for his faith. He was not going to apologize for his beloved Jesus Christ, and he was certainly not going to stop doing the work that the Holy Spirit had placed upon him. His heart. And as he did this, he would come into conflict with local authorities or with people of power and privilege and position who didn't like his message of transformation and inclusivity, who didn't want him to empower people like slaves, like Onesimus. And as he did this, they thought that the best way to stop him was to arrest him and to lock him away. Unfortunately, that's not very effective for Paul. And if anything, it only fueled his faith and gave him more resolve to continue the good work. And while he was imprisoned at one point, he ends up having contact with the slave Onesimus. And there's not a lot to go on in the text about where the connection came from. Clearly, Onesimus is connected to Flamen. The, the man for which the letter is written. And Paul has a deep relationship with Flamen. He's one of the leaders in the church where Paul had planted. And Onesimus is this connection between them. Now, some think that it's possible that Flamen had sent Onesimus to serve Paul in prison. That was one of the things that could happen. You could receive a slave or a servant to help you do the things that you couldn't do for yourself, to bring you things or to tend to you. The other possibility is that Onesimus fled his slavery and found himself in Paul's service in prison. Either one of these is possible and plausible, and you can certainly do a Google search and find out how a lot of scholars want to debate that. But the real purpose here is to discover that Onesimus is not equal with either Paul or Philemon, who consider themselves much more equal, more egalitarian in their relationship. Onesimus does not have the same social standing, and he is in some ways not even considered to be the same person as the other two. But something has happened in the encounter and the experience that Paul has had in prison with Onesimus. His relationship has been transformed. Onesimus is not just a means to an end. He is a person, a being of sacred worth, beloved child of God. And Paul can no longer look at him as a slave. And Paul can no longer let someone else look at Onesimus as a slave. And so he writes this letter to Philemon and, and very carefully addresses it, and, and he hints at the fact that he could, with his power as an apostle in the name of Jesus Christ, command that Philemon set Onesimus free. But instead, he doesn't want to take that tact, and this is really important. He chooses a different posture. As Christians, we have the ability to stand very tall and very firm with great respect and dignity and power and authority by the Holy Spirit, and we could simply command things. But that's not the posture that Jesus Christ took. Instead, more often, we see Jesus kneeling in prayer. We see him sitting on the floor surrounded by children. We see him in a posture of humility, kneeling on the floor and washing his apostles' feet. Jesus chooses to take a different posture when he speaks to people. And we are invited, not only through the example of our Lord and Savior, but the example of the Apostle Paul, to pay attention to our posture. How are we coming at a situation? 
This is really important right now because for some of us, this is a really difficult time. I have cleaned my house. I have reorganized my house. I have redecorated my house. I ran out of things to do this week, and it almost affected my mental health to the point that I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do with myself. And eventually what I had to do was have a come to Jesus talk with God and say, you know, I need you to help me because this is really difficult. And the response that I got back from the Spirit was, you need to change your posture. You need to look at this differently. You're looking at this as if you are imprisoned like Paul, but it's time for you to look at this as if you are being empowered to make a change. And I thought, well, sure, I've made all kinds of change. I've swapped out my winter shoes for my spring shoes because of the time I come back to worship, it's going to be open toe season. I've cleaned my whole house. I've done my spring cleaning. I've done all kinds of new things. I've redecorated. I've put out all the Easter garb and the apparel. But this was not what the Holy Spirit was leading me to. Instead, the Holy Spirit wanted me to see that it's a time to redecorate my heart. It's a time for me to reorient my outlook. And just like Philemon needed to be reminded that there are transformative things going on right now, I too needed to be reminded that God is working and doing different things in me so that God can do different things through me. And our hope and prayer this day is that this is not wasted time. Americans don't like wasted time. We want to be productive. We also want to make sure that everything is going to be fine at the end of the day. And as we are struggling to do this in our homes, some of us are now working from home, some of us find ourselves isolated at home, or some of us find ourselves belovedly, I don't want to say condemned, that's the wrong word, <laughs> encapsulated with our loved ones for a prolonged period of time, we find that life is changing for us. And we should be changing for life. So as we are moving forward, it's important for us to see that Paul decides that he's not going to look at things the same way. And because Christ has changed who he is, he is changing how he sees and speaks and does. And this is really important because for the Christian, that's not just about, hey, I want to look more Christ-like, I want to sound more Christ-like. I want my faith, my understanding of who Jesus Christ is to change how other people are seen and heard, respected, and loved. And so he reaches out to Philemon and he says, you need to stop looking at Onesimus as a slave. You need to stop seeing him as less than. You need to stop seeing him as property and see him as a person. You need to empower him so that his faith can take flight and that he too can be a vessel of God's blessing. And we don't have the results of this. In fact, there's a whole bunch of fun Christian tradition, which may or may not be factual, that says that it's possible that Onesimus was the one who ends up becoming a bishop, although the timeline's a little wonky there. It's possible. Wouldn't that be glorious if a slave was freed in the scriptures and actually ascended through the hierarchy and the authority of the church to become a bishop? Wouldn't that be a success story? Well, maybe, but I think that's just icing on the cake. I think the real success story here is that Philemon had to see Onesimus differently. This is our opportunity when we are separated from other people to really think about how we're going to look at them when we come back. Every single Christian, every one of us, has someone that we need to look at differently. For some of us, it's looking at them and forgiving them. For some of us, it's looking at them and finding a way in order to be in right relationship with them. 
But we have to choose the posture that we're going to come at this. We can come at it over, as Paul says, he has the authority to do. Or we can come at it from a different way that says, I recognize that it's important for me to be with you in a right relationship. I recognize that despite our differences and the conflicts of the past, that you are beloved by God, as am I. We need to be beloved of one another. It's the opportunity for us to emerge from our homes and from this period of isolation and enter back out into the world as transformed people, people who want to make a real change. Uh, for some of us, it's too easy to get caught up into the day-to-day. -day. We're just trying to make it through. I have no idea how long this isolation is going to happen. I know that our bishop in the Virginia Annual Conference has asked us to continue this worship style at least one more Sunday. It's quite possible that we'll be doing it into April. It's quite possible that I'll be doing this for Easter. But no matter how long this takes, this is not wasted space. It is not wasted time in our lives. God is working in us if we will allow that time. Today is a perfect time to think about that. Now, if you are like me and you've completely run through everything that you could possibly do in your house, then this is the perfect time to put this house in order. Put you, who are a temple of God. All of us have the Holy Spirit residing in us, and all of us are capable of being transformed, cleaning out, allowing all of the, the baggage and the hurt and the pain and the suffering that we have acquired over the years, it's time to set it aside. It's time to purge it and make space for transformation and newness. What we find is when we choose, when we spend our time in our prayer focusing on changing how we think about somebody else, things change. You talk to someone differently. You don't start out with that snarky sarcasm. Instead, you start out with space for love and an opportunity to engage in a healthy way, a way that Jesus Christ would prefer. So I'm hoping and praying that all of us are going to do some of this spiritual work, that all of us together, when we finally get to come back and gather together for worship, will have a celebration over the things that God has been able to do, not just in keeping us healthy and safe, but to truly transform our hearts and to enable us to be new people. Because if all we do is abide by time and just count out the days until we go back to normal, then what have we truly accomplished? Instead, as people of faith, are we not asking for God to use this time to perfect us, to make us better? Because when we do emerge back into some semblance of normalcy, the world needs to see that time didn't stand still, but that things continue to grow and to emerge and that the world is truly becoming better because that's the promise of Jesus Christ. That's the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior. And we are marching, not just towards Easter, but to Zion, to a city where all people are welcome, where everyone is of infinite worth and where we come to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior for all time. So may we invite as many people as possible on that journey for there's a seat at the table for every one of us. That's the promise of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's the invitation that we need to be perfecting in our hearts, in our mouths, in our heads, and in our lives this day. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.
I want to share with you something miraculous that's happened. We are much more high profile normally here at Crozet. There's always cars in the parking lot and there's always a lot of vivaciousness and vitality that's going on here between Grace's Grocery, our food ministry, between our preschool, our children's ministry, and a lot of the meetings and the small groups that come here. And everything has been very desolate lately. Um, and it appears as if nothing is going on, but that is not true. One of our church members sent an email to the staff and said, you know, we do have a small number of people who are not digital. Yes, they still exist, and they are very beloved, and we don't want them to be lost and left behind. So yesterday, I sent out an email to our church family, you may have seen it, where I said, I'm looking for someone who is willing to be paired up with another person to be their digital connection, to help them see what is going on in the life of the church, to have hope and to be connected and, and in the know. And I had about a dozen church members that I had already listed out that were going to need this connection in the life of the church. And this morning, my 12th response came. All 12 identified church members have someone who stepped forward and said that they would do that and make that connection. In 24 hours, it was done. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, well, you know, 12, that isn't a huge number. It's a number that changes the world in the Bible. And for us, it's going to change things immensely. So the work is still going on. Jesus Christ is still very much manifest, if a little bit more on the down low and low key. But we are still enacting our faith here at Crozet. And if you want to continue to be a part of that, you can do so. You can check out our website. You can check out our Facebook and our Instagram and our Twitter. You can definitely get plugged in. It is never too late, and there is always a place for you. So as this would be the time when we would normally invite people to worship the Lord with their tithes and offerings, we're going to encourage you to remember to do that. If you want to do that, you can check out our links here. You're welcome to send in an offering because we are not going to stop. There is no disease, no illness, no sequestering, no quarantine that is going to stop Jesus Christ, not here in Crozet, not in Virginia, and not in the world. So thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing in you and through you. We look forward to seeing you again very soon. So will you receive this final blessing? This week, as you continue to go about your life in a new way, may God fill you with hope and assurance that you have not been forgotten or forsaken, but that like Christ in the tomb, the day is coming when your glory will be revealed and all that God has done in you and through you will bear fruit for others. And because of Christ in you, they will discover that Christ is for them and with them loving them and forgiving them for all time. May it be so. Go forth this week with great peace and joy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.